0: farmer greg here and welcome to the 377th episode of the urban farm podcast where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution do you want to save money at the grocery store eat more organic whole foods cultivate food security and feel more connected to the earth if so then growing your own food is a no-brainer You wouldn't believe how many people come to me claiming that they can't grow their own food. They think they don't have enough space, that they're too busy, or that they simply don't have what it takes. Perhaps you've fallen for one of these gardening myths. If you think you can't grow food, or if you think the only food that you have access to is what you buy in the grocery store, I have a life-changing webinar that you need to see. It's free and will help you unearth your inner gardener. I've helped thousands of people just like you learn to grow their own food and I'm speaking from my own experience when I say that with the right knowledge in place, there is no such thing as a black thumb. With this webinar, you can begin making your garden dreams come true and start growing delicious, nutritious food for your family. Just text GARDEN to 44222 or go to iwanttogarden.com, and you will receive our free webinar about the seven key factors you need to know to grow your own food. Remember, that's GARDEN to 44222 or iwanttogarden.com. Today on our podcast, we have someone who is bringing gardening knowledge to your fingertips. We're talking with Dale Spoonmore about easier home gardening and farming. Dale, and his family converted their urban Oklahoma backyard to a food farm to feed their family and built the From Seed to Spoon mobile app that makes it easy for others to do the same. The app will guide you through planting, growing, harvesting, and cooking over 70 different foods with information customized to your location. Dale and his family live in Oklahoma City with their four children. You can find more about them on their From Seed to Spoon social media pages and on their website at seedtospoon.com. Welcome to the show today, Dale. Are you ready to rock your gardening app?
1: I am so ready. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you very much.
0: Excellent. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So everything for me really started when my first daughter was born in 2008. When she was born, I was 340 pounds. I lived a fast food lifestyle, sometimes multiple places. I would go get a hamburger and then sometimes get a pizza too and then maybe get some ice cream. Looking back on it now, you know, I, I realized I had a lot of anxiety and depression and that's how I dealt with it was through food. And when she was born, I just had this realization it was like this light bulb moment. If I didn't change, then I wasn't going to be the kind of father that I wanted to be. I wanted to be someone that could coach our soccer team and run around and do all these things that at the time I couldn't do. So that was this moment that just kind of propelled me. And I started this was way before the garden. I took a different approach. I started trying to lose weight. So I did the whole counting calorie method only. I only paid attention to that. And I lost 120 pounds in nine months, but I did it the wrong way. And my head it didn't get any better. I still had anxiety. I still had depression. I was marathon running at that time. That's one way I helped lose weight was through running and through cycling. And I was riding my bike, you know, 500 miles a week. Wow. I was riding back and forth to work, you know, most days. And I was riding on the weekends, 100 miles on a Saturday. And what ended up happening was I kind of got lost in that world. And I was away from home all the time. And the reason why I started doing this was because I wanted to be a good dad and I was not home. So I ended up going through a bit of a rough time. I went through a divorce. I got laid off from my job that I was in before. And I kind of crashed and hit rock bottom. And that was when I met my wife, Carrie. And she's a nurse. And she was the first person in my life that saw the anxiety and the depression in me. Whenever I would go through an episode, she saw it and she helped me understand it. And she helped me get to the point where I was able to you know, recognize I even had it and then start trying to make a change. And that is what led me to a book called The Depression Cure that talked about how you can overcome these things without having to use medication. Because I tried the medication And I didn't like the way it made me feel right. I'm a little autistic and I like being autistic. I like being this way, but it comes with, you know, anxieties that you have to deal with. And this book talked about how I can deal with them by just, you know, being out in sunlight, getting a lot of water exercise, social activity, being mindful, just these basic things that I had heard about, but I had never really put them all together. And then that became kind of my life's mission. And we started a little garden because all this food that the book told me to buy was really expensive. Right. And I had heard that if I threw some seeds in the ground, they would grow. So I was like, it can't be that hard. And we started with a square foot gardening book. And then we had two little raised beds. And the first time I tasted spinach out of the garden, it was this light bulb moment for me where it was, oh my God. this tastes like anything I've ever had in my life. Like what I knew of spinach before was at first something that came out of a can that had Popeye on it. The can (laughs) had had been under the pantry for like 10 years. Like my entire life, that can had been there. And then once I did the whole diet thing, like I got, on my sandwiches at Subway, but I didn't taste anything from it. Like it didn't add any value to my life or so I thought. And then once I tasted it out of the garden, it was, oh my gosh, this tastes incredible. It has this texture and it's crispy and it kind of has an almond flavor and then a different variety had a different flavor. And then I was hooked. It was the realization and the beginning to feel the effects of the fact that with that added taste comes added nutrition. And then for the first time in my life, I wasn't having panic attacks which for me means like randomly like crying on the floor uncontrollably like and I don't know when it's going to happen and it's not because I'm sad about anything it's just because my body says this is what's going to happen to you now and that stopped happening when I started being out in the garden and doing all these things and then that was kind of this moment you know once I started getting into gardening then the software engineer side of me kicked in and I started thinking about man an app would make this so much easier and just every time I went to go find my square foot gardening book that I couldn't find I was like I wish I'd just had my app right now, and I had all these different spreadsheets and websites and all these different things, and I needed one place for it. So that is basically where everything came from, was that story I just told you. And that's kind of as fast as I can tell it. I've written a lot about this on my website, and I've detailed all of this, but I think that's as succinctly as I can tell it.
0: You know, I'm on your website right now, which is seedtospoon.net, and I scrolled down a little bit, and there's a picture of your backyard in 2015 and a picture of your backyard this year. Tell me about those pictures, because when I saw them, my reaction was, oh, my God,
1: I guess what I tell people about these pictures is this is a physical manifestation of the anxiety that I feel inside me, Mm. because whenever I feel anxious, I go out here and I put energy out here. Whereas in the past, that energy would stay within me and it would dwell within me and it would just make me insane. I went through a breakdown because of that, whereas now when I feel that energy, I come out here and I start doing something. Yeah, and I've got a lot of energy, so I just get it all out
0: i can tell go to his website seed to and scroll down on the front page you'll see these pictures but the picture from 2015 is a picture of a house with a fence all the way around it and grass the picture on the right from 2018 well i'll let you tell them what that picture is dale
1: well it started as a bunch of raised beds and then now we have 12 of the giant smart pots. We have trellises everywhere. We have cattle panels. We grow things vertically. My wife basically gave me this whole half of the yard, and I've tried to maximize every square inch I can to grow as much as I can because I get obsessed about things, and this is the thing
0: I've been obsessed about for three years. This is one of the more beautiful gardens I've ever seen, and I'm just looking at one picture. This is epic. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. And the before and after is amazing so seed to spoon.net go check out these before and after pictures they're incredible so How did you learn how to grow food? That's
1: a great question. So for me, it started with books. So I got the Square Foot Gardening book. That was the first one. And then I started looking on YouTube and I found people like One Yard Revolution and people like the Curtis Stone. Mm -hmm. And I found the kind of people they talked about. So that got me into John Martin Fortier. I probably butchered that name. I'm sorry. But I read his books. I read a guy up in Vermont. I forgot his name. Oh, there's so many of us. Elliot Coleman. Oh, yes, of course. In each little thing kind of piqued a new interest. Gardening got me into studying physics, and I took a particle physics course because of gardening because I was trying to learn water dynamics because if you see in that picture on my website, I have a rainwater collection system where I have 800 gallons of rainwater, and I wanted to get to the point where I could irrigate my entire garden off of it, but I had to figure out and learn, you know, the physics of water and mm-hmm. how high, you know, and all of that kind of thing. So, yeah, this whole gardening thing has taken me into a number of unexpected places. <laughs> and the way that I do this is, I get obsessed about things and that's basically all that I do but I replaced my TV time. So in the past I used to watch a lot of TV shows and I basically just put them all down and all that time got replaced with either you know reading about gardening or watching YouTube videos about gardening or another thing was I just started trying it on my own and then I started reaching out to people around me in Facebook groups and Mm -hmm. asking questions and then I took a Master Gardener class and I just became friends with people that have been growing food for 60 years and hung out with them a lot and you know just like a collection of different places.
0: And you didn't have any prior gardening experience before this whole thing started
1: maybe like six years ago i threw up one raised bed planted tomatoes and then forgot about them and then like had to mow over it when i sold the house you know a few years later yeah i didn't take it serious i didn't actually do it the dandelions got taller than the tomato did it wasn't really my idea i was just kind of doing it yeah my obsession wasn't hooked on it and then that's really the thing that drives me is when that gets pointed at something i'm just along for the ride honestly
0: gotta love it so what were some of the challenges you ran into Along the way, and how did you deal with them?
1: We had a lot of problems because, for one, we're in a residential neighborhood. So we have people spraying herbicides all around us. So I have utility lines that are right by my house. And I just actually dealt with this where all of my tomatoes that are along that fence there were poisoned basically oh. from herbicide. You know, those are challenges I've got to overcome. When I first started trying to make compost, I was using horse manure. Well, it turns out that those horses were grazing on fields that were sprayed with pyrolid and that went straight through them into the
0: manure. Yeah, you got to be careful about that. I don't want to walk past that one. That is huge. You gotta make sure that you know what's in the diets of the animals you're using the manure for.
1: You know, and the way that I overcome that was I don't bring in any outside ingredients anymore. I have a Flemish giant rabbit. He's like 15 pounds. He produces a lot of manure. I grow a lot of comfrey and I use that as green manure. I grow a lot of that kind of thing. Or I do buy compost from places local to me where I know the owners and I know how they make it and I've grilled them on about how they make it, you know? And I've tested it. I've done, you know, bio essays on it and all that kind of things. Those are a lot of the challenges I think that's just really a challenge of growing anywhere in 2018 is the prevalence of all these herbicides and everything pesticides too if you want to grow organic it's just it's very difficult and then in Oklahoma we have extreme conditions we go from in January we'll get like an 80 degree day and then it'll be you know negative five the next day and a lot of the perennial things you can tend to you know in other places you can grow like rosemary and sage and all these things you've got to do a lot of extra precautions to baby them through and it's a lot harder to overwinter things like kale and spinach and you know like root crops so there's There's just a lot of challenges that come, and not to mention the wind and the tornadoes and everything else that we have here. Now we have earthquakes, but that's a new development. So yeah, Oklahoma is the wild, wild west of growing food, but it's fun. It keeps me on my toes. I feel blessed because this is a hobby for me. My family doesn't depend on this food. Right. Luckily, we're able to grow most of our food. But for me, this is just what I do to stay sane. And it's for fun. This is what replaced like, you know, as a kid, I collected football cards. This is what I do now. This is the same energy, you know, like I, <laughs> I have 14 types of spinach in the spring and I have all these wow. different types of rosemary and I just collect things. I just obsess over it. And I love it. Yeah. Can I transition into why I built the app? Do you mind if I tell that story?
0: Perfect. Actually, you read my mind. That was going to be my next question.
1: I'm going to talk about the election, but promise I'm not getting into it at all. Okay. Just to say this, I was standing in line waiting to vote, and I was so overwhelmed and frustrated because I didn't want to vote for any of these people. I was there doing my civic duty, and my daughter was one and a half, and she was playing on the ground, you know, just bumping into people, like making friends and whatnot, and she made friends with these people behind us, and I got to talking to them. They worked at the children's home that's behind my house, and they have this little community garden they needed help with. I've wanted to help them for a long time because they have this huge field, and they mow it every week, and every time they mow it, I think, man, you should be growing something in there that you could be growing for the residents or selling. So anyway, I've been trying to get that done. And, you know, so I meet her waiting in line to vote. And then the next person I meet, like, hears me over talking about gardening and then says, man, I would love to know how you grow. I've tried it, you know, and how do you do it? And I felt like in that moment, I was being asked, if you're so worried about this world, you know, what are you doing to fix it? And here's something you could do to fix it right here. And that was the day that I came home and I started coding our website. Before then, it was just me, you know, with the backyard. and I talked about it on Facebook with my friends. And then that was the day that I created From Seed to Spoon and the website site. That's still the momentum that pushes me is the idea that if I'm so worried about this world for my kids, then what am I going to do to fix it? Because I can't just sit back and I don't trust politicians to fix anything. And I don't care what party it is. If we want this world to be a better place, we got to do something ourselves to fix it. And it was that idea that propelled me to learn how to code and propelled me to build the app. And I say me, it's us. It's my family. We build this together. Mm-hmm. My wife takes all these that thoughts in my head and makes them sound pretty. And she learned HTML and JSON so she could handle some data for the Wow. My nine-year-old and my seven-year-old daughters learned how to use Adobe Spark post, and they created the graphics at the top of every single vegetable. So if you go to tomatoes, for example, you see that graphic at the top that says tomatoes, and it has the background tomatoes. Those are created by my nine and my seven-year-old daughters.
0: Oh my God. I just got chills all the way down to my toes. That's epic. I
1: mean, this has been the most amazing experience because I've been able to bring them into this world that I love that they'd never understood until now. And now I'm at work during the day, you know, doing my day job, and I'm seeing my wife check and code into our Git repository of updated squash bugs. And it's just amazing. It's just so cool to be able to live this experience with them. And then now my niece is really good at writing and she's wants to be an editor. So now she's helping me refine things. It's a family thing. And it's it's just something that's been really, really cool. And it's something that we feel like in the past, I've obsessed over learning things and that information has stayed in my head. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I had to do something with all this information. I had to get it out and I had to help other people with it. And I felt like all the other gardening apps were lacking and the ones that were good were more expensive than i felt like they should have been and they didn't do everything they should have done and i felt like you know i've been making software my whole life and i had this vision in my head of this app that could make it easy for people and that's the story of how we made the app and that was just i mean we released in january so it just feels like yesterday i guess it's six months ago now but yeah
0: wow so how's it gone how are people receiving it in the first six months
1: Oh, it's been overwhelming. I mean, we released not knowing really what to expect. And then we attended a couple of home and garden shows here in Oklahoma City, and that really helped get the word out. And some local news organizations picked us up, and they ran some stories about us. And then practically overnight, we went from you know no one really using it to now we're getting, I mean, about 3,000 people a week are downloading the app right now. And about 50,000 people total have downloaded it. We've had people all across the world download it. And in fact, we have a bug right now because the whole date stuff, we recommend planting dates based on the nearest NOA, weather data. So the freeze data is what we use to calculate the freeze date. The problem is, is, we don't have access to data outside of the country. So I'm getting emails from people in Zimbabwe and all sorts of places saying, we love the app, but can you make it work for our area? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't have like access to your data in Zimbabwe. So what we've done is we've made it now. We have an update coming out soon. That's going to let you set your freeze date manually. So if they just know what their freeze date is, they can set it and it'll work anywhere in the world. And then, you know, we drive our dates based off of, you know, eight weeks from freeze date or six weeks from freeze whatever that is for the vegetable. And that's what we use now. I want to start getting smarter with that where we use actual relevant temperature data so we can forecast like three months from now, it's going to be 90. You probably don't want to plant bush beans. You probably don't plant southern peas, right? Like I want to do that kind of logic. That's the kind of thing I'm working on building now into the app, just stuff that makes it smarter and easier. I feel like all the information is there, but now I want to start making it to where the information comes to you and presents it to you and helps you find the answers you need instead of you having to look for it. And all that kind of thing.
0: Wow. So, how would I go about interacting with your app and what's it going to tell me?
1: So, you can download our app from either one of the app stores. So, either on an iPhone or on iOS, you can search for From Seed to Spoon. You can find it through there, or on Android, you can search for it as well. Once you download the app, you can open it and it's going to present to you a list of 70 different vegetables to choose from. Well, not just vegetables, we have fruits and herbs. We also have things like marigolds. People don't often realize they're edible, and a lot of nasturtiums and other edible flowers we've added in. And we're going to be adding a lot more things like that, but the key is it's all going to be edible stuff in the app, only things you can eat or, you know, things like that. So anyway, once you choose what you want to grow, it's going to give you exact dates for when you can plant based on where you live. If you want to adjust those dates, you can tap on the settings button and you can choose from a list of different options of what percentage chance of freeze date there is for each date and then you can choose that date and then that'll drive the dates moving forward. But then once you scroll down, it's going to give you all the information you didn't know about how to grow that vegetable. If there's any blog posts that we have or any recipes we have on our website, it's going to pull them down into the app and show them right there. So you can tap on them to go. And we're constantly putting out new stuff. We're a family of six. We grow our own food. We're always you know, making new videos, putting out new stuff. So that kind of feeds into the app. We also have companion plants listed. So you can view all the things that grow well next to that vegetable, as well as the things that don't grow well. So the Uh bad companions, as we call them. So things to avoid. We have a list of all the pests that attack that plant, as well as a list of beneficials that you can you know, attract to your garden. For each pest, you can tap on it and it's going to tell you recommended ways to treat that pest. I'm not going to recommend any pesticides in the app, though. The closest thing I get to pesticide is BT. That's as close as I get. Yeah. Mostly what I'm going to do is recommend things that are ways to use nature to overcome all the things you believe in. So, you know, I use a lot of motion activated sprinklers and things like that to overcome a lot of pest issues, insect netting to overcome insects, cucumber beetles. I have the traps that I make. I take yellow solo cups and I paint the outside of it with sticky glue and then i put some drops of clove essential oil inside that cup and then yep. the cucumber beetles get attracted to it and they get stuck on so I just do a lot of things like that and that's what i recommend in the app and then we also have a guide in the app that walks you through getting started so if you're new to gardening it'll walk you through everything that you know we recommend so both like what we've learned from things and what we recommend and different options we also have a list of every pest in the app so I got back from a Microsoft convention a month ago where I learned how to build something to where you can take a picture of a pest and it'll tell you what it is. So I have it working for cucumber beetles. Now I have to go through and find like 200 pictures of every pest and go out and build our database. And I'm in the process of doing that, but we have the code working.
0: Wow. Man, you have been busy.
1: I got a little too busy. We got a little overwhelmed. And that's one of the things, you know, I mentioned when we were released, we didn't expect it. I got overwhelmed and I had to step back and we've been on vacations and I just had to unwind a little bit, but I'm energized and ready to go again now. And we've got a lot of really big ideas for what we want to do with this. It's just hard to find time. I have a full-time job. Heard that. This is my side job.
0: I got one more question before we shift. Sure. So why is it free?
1: I told the story earlier of why we launched Seed to Spoon. It was, you know, it takes me back to election date. It was that feeling of I need to do something to make this world a better place. And if I charge for this app, then now I'm creating a barrier between the people that I feel like want help or need help and and the help that they need. And I didn't feel right doing that. So that's why I didn't charge for the app. What's out there now is always going to remain free. We are not going to charge for what's out there now. I didn't make up this information. None of this stuff is anything that I invented. I just took a lot of stuff I learned from really smart people from all sorts of places and put it in one place. We're working on new stuff now where we do all sorts of smart things where we tell you when to water based on how much it's rained and you can take a picture of a pest and it tells you what it is. Those kinds of things we may charge for. But what we've built so far, I didn't want to charge for and I didn't feel like it was the right thing to do. We do have Amazon ads in the app. We have links to products that we buy and that we believe in. So everything that I link to in the app is something that I've bought myself and that I use. If you want to support us, you can use those links. We also have an Amazon button at the very top of every page that is just a universal link to Amazon that if you buy anything through that link, then we get a small percentage. Oh, perfect. I feel like there's a new way of making software where you can, I mean, look at the way things are free. You can make software and then monetize it through other ways without having to ask people to pay you money, right? Yeah. Just to be clear, my monetization strategy is never to sell data. That will never be my monetization strategy like some of these other social media companies. Yep. But still, You know, like right now, if you search for growing food in the app store, our app is number one. Imagine a company out there would like to have that. Oh, yeah. They might invest in us. That's the type of thing I'm thinking is if I just keep building the best gardening app out there and I don't worry about the money side of it, then I found that in my career, the best software always you know, pays off. And that's where I'm putting my time into, because when I put my time into trying to think about making money, it just never goes right. And that's what I've learned throughout my life is if I just focus on what can I do to help people and I put my energy into that, I stay fresh, I stay creative, I stay energized and I stay happy. And we're very blessed. I mean, both my wife and I have careers where we're able to work from home and set our own schedule for the most part. And I feel very blessed to have the life we have. And I just want to make a difference in the world at this point now. That's my goal. I
0: want to do something. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you for that. So I'm going to shift on you and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it.
1: Yeah. So I told the story earlier about how I lost 120 pounds. And and I guess I'm going to say that was a failure was how I handled that. Before then, I was overweight. I mean, I never got a second glance from a one in my life. And then for the first time, I was, you know, not super overweight. And I was actually getting attention. And I let the kind of glamour of all that get to my head too much. And I learned the hard way that that's not where you find happiness in life. And, And I was chasing money, too. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't charge for the app, too, is because I learned back then that when I was just chasing money all the time, there was just never every raise just was, you know, if I can just get a little bit more and it was never enough and never will be enough when that's what you're seeking. And yeah, so I think that's probably the biggest mistake I made in my life was holding on to that too much. And then, you know, I talked about mindfulness a little bit earlier and I'm gonna talk about it more here because that's really the key thing that intertwines everything together for me. And that's what the garden really helps me with is to be mindful because I have a tendency to let my thoughts get into the past or into the future. And when that happens, nothing good ever comes out of that generally. Whereas if they stay right now and the garden helps me that, Because if I feel like I'm getting stressed, I go out in the garden. There's always like something new that sprouted or something new that brings me back to right now and what just happened. And in that moment, you find beauty. And then through that, you find peace. And then through peace, I can find creativity. And then that's the way I've gotten to everything, right? Right. Before I found peace through that, I was just someone that had a lot of anxiety and I didn't have any type of energy to get something like this done. It wasn't until I got to that point in life that I was able to fulfill the kind of work I felt like I wanted to do. Yeah,
0: beautiful. So what do you consider your biggest success?
1: I consider my biggest success my kids by far because they are better people than I am and I don't know how that happened but somehow like I look at the way that they react to every situation especially you know the older they get the more genuine this becomes and the more that you really appreciate it and my nine-year-old I see the way that she just thinks about other people before herself in every situation and it inspires me to be better I consider that's my biggest success by far is just as my kids and and how proud I am of the kind of people that they are and how they think about other people and the way that they treat people and especially today because I see so many kids that don't act that way. And yeah. it just it frustrates me. And just to know that my kids will hopefully be, you know, part of helping change the future for their generation too. And they're super involved. Man, I mentioned they help with the app. My oldest daughter, Brooklyn, has two gardens out there now and she manages them herself and she has her own little YouTube thing she does where she talks about gardening and stuff. So that's definitely my biggest success. I feel like and not just mine, it's everyone involved in raising them. I can't take full credit for it, but it's definitely pretty cool to see.
0: Wow. Cool. And so it's probably Forms the next question I have for you, and that's what drives you.
1: What drives me to be the best version of myself is my kids. It was my daughter when she was first born. It's all my kids now. That's what drives me to be the best version of myself. And then once I got to the point where I was able to be the best version of myself, now I feel this sense of responsibility for a number of reasons. One, because I feel like software developers in particular have a unique power because we can reach everyone in the world pretty much by the click of the button. There's no news or organizations we have to go through or anything. It's just the app store is right there, right? Yeah. So if there's an idea that you you feel like you can change the world with, it's right there. I feel like I have a responsibility because of that, because I spent the first 30 years of my life doing nothing but staring at computers and maybe 28 years. I'm probably off on the years there, but whatever it is, you know, I spent way too much of it probably staring at computers and I want to do something with that.
0: So if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? I'm going to recommend the book
1: that started all of this for me, The Depression Cure. The reason for that is because it's the book that really changed my life. It's the one that got me to start thinking about things like this and that got me into gardening. So this won't apply to everyone, but I bet everyone out there knows someone that has anxiety and depression. So if you have anxiety and depression or if you know someone that has anxiety and depression, please read this book because there are a lot of ways that you can manage it. Are simple and that don't take a lot of time or money and And they've really helped me out. And that book has helped me out a lot. And whenever I get off track, I come back to the book, the seven principles from the book that talks about, I come back to those and I make sure that I'm doing all those well. And generally, I'm not doing one of those.
0: (laughs) <laughs>
1: I'm missing out on sleep or I'm not being mindful or I haven't had anything from the garden in a week or I haven't been in the garden for a week. It's one of those things, you know, so it helps me kind of refocus my life and gain perspective on how I can get back to good. And that process has not failed me since the day I decided I'm going to follow this book. You know, that process has not failed me since. So I'm a big believer in that book. I want to recommend that one. And it's written by Stephen E. And I probably butchered that last name. I'm sorry.
0: Perfect. We'll have a link for it on our show notes page. So what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners?
1: I'm gonna go back to mindfulness again because that's the biggest piece of advice I have to tell myself is anytime I get overwhelmed by anything or I get frustrated or angry or any of the emotions that I don't wanna have, I think about mindfulness. And what that means is just focusing on something that's happening in the current moment, whatever that is. For me, it's oftentimes finding one of my kids and they're playing with a toy and I try and view the world from their perspective and it just takes me into their world and it takes me out of the anxieties that I was in before. Or I'm in my garden, I'm appreciating something new that just sprouted or I'm tasting something out of the garden. But just that little thought has helped me overcome pretty much every major issue in my life. And also, if you get stuck on a problem, like for me, I work at a computer a lot. And as a software developer, I run into problems that I don't immediately know the answer to. And sometimes a couple hours into it, I still don't know the answer. And in the past, that would really torment me and it would start to really wear on me. And if I didn't figure it out that day, I was miserable to be around. Whereas now I go out in the garden, I try and be mindful and I look for something. And that simple concept, I think You can apply to every area of life pretty much. And that concept is what has changed my life more than anything. So I think that's the advice that I want to give is just to Google mindfulness. I used to think this stuff was all just a bunch of hippie nonsense. And then I, you know, I crashed and I started trying it and it changed my life. And meditation, all these things. I mean, all these things really helped me. Yeah. Powerful stuff.
0: Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Dale. Thank you for having me. So how can our listeners get a hold of you?
1: So you can go to our website at www.seedtospoon.net, or you can download our mobile app in the App Store. You can search for From Seed to Spoon in the App Store or in the Google Play Store. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just by searching for From Seed to Spoon.
0: Beautiful. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash seed to spoon. We are your urban farming resource. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, among others. Also visit urbanfarm.org to find articles, podcasts, webinars, courses, and more. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast. Claiming your inner urban farmer is easy. Grow food, share it, and name your farm. Then, let the world know you're an urban farmer while supporting our podcast. Pick up your Urban Farmer bling, hats, and t-shirts at imanurbanfarmer.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember
1: to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org.